Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today I'm talking to Jeff or JT Timblin in Long Beach, California about doing church in an age of crisis. What's happening? We're in crisis. What's, what's, what's been happening in your world? What's God doing? Well, we have been week by week adjusting to what um, sometimes it's a mandate. And, you know, but God's been forcing us to think different, to, to create um, different uh, boxes to, to live in and then to minister in as well. We have a, a team here and a residency that are, you know, people, people, and they like to be around people and they like to go to, you know, college campuses and talk to people. They like to go to neighborhoods and share with people. And all of a sudden, um, I think we would alarm people if we walked, knocked on a door right now, mm. you know, and I, I don't think that'd be appropriate. So we started, you know, gathering together and saying, okay, what, what does that mean? And, and um, so the first week it hit, we, we, we realized we can't meet as a, as we're a church and um, people call it a legacy church, just a church that gathers. And but we also have house churches that have been planted out of that. And so we're kind of in a couple of different worlds. And, and so our house churches were thriving. We have about five of them and God's been moving and multiplying. And, and then our, our, our traditional church that gathers on Sundays, we're, we're not allowed to gather. So we got together in leadership and prayed. We said, well, we have a lot of trained people over the last two and a half years that learn, know how to do house church and know how to do a three thirds model. And so we just said, well, let's just divide them up. So we divided up our, our community and in groups and to about 12. So we had the regular five that on Sunday, we added another 12 the first week. And it was probably two leaders in each group that know how to do, you know, this and so we were rejoicing because God prepared us for this by allowing us to, to multiply and unleash leadership. Um, he prepared us for a time like this. And so that happened the first week. And the, the, the what was exciting to me, Steve, is I felt like it was a shot in the arm for what we've been praying for, even in our community. Because people, you know, they're around, they like us, and they, they, they you know, they stuck with our some of our passions. When I say our, mostly myself and other residency people that, you know, and like, oh, JT does that in Africa. Now he's doing it here and it's exciting. And, but they weren't biting, you know, they were just watching and, and, and not against. Well, now they're sitting in a house on a Sunday morning. They're sitting around in what I call a church by circle instead of a church by row. And the reports got back and they said, wow, this was great. I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. It was very close, very intimate. And some guys said, man, is this what you were talking about? And I feel like sometimes... Um, a three-thirds model is caught, not taught. And I can tell people this is what we do, and they'll compare that to their experience. But they won't necessarily see it because they haven't experienced it. So now they're experiencing it, and all of a sudden, we just, I believe, just uh, rocketed forward for where our vision is, and that everybody will have this, this passion and this experience to start a church in their oikos and to be able to see that multiply. And so they're experiencing something they never experienced before. Well, the second week, we were told you can only go um, groups of 10 or less. So we said, well, let's multiply. We had to add more groups because we had groups over 10. And we had the, the bandwidth for it because we had our leaders. So we went up to 17. 
And that worked well. But then the third week, we, we had to meet in on Zoom calls and, and computers. And so, um, and we're doing that. And so that was the last, last three weeks. Uh, this week, as far as our gathering, um, I had a, and this was neat. I, I had a, a fair amount of people say, we love this, but we miss everybody else because we're used to being, and there's a, it's, a, it's nice. So we're trying a hybrid this week where we're going to um, just gather on one giant Zoom call at first and um, just have somebody introduce, share some stories of what God's been doing, which has always been my vision that the gathering could become a vision casting, a story kind of bragging on God thing. So we're going to... Um, Someone share some stories. The one thing that's been um, very different for most is the worship end. And so we're going to try to sing a couple of songs together and then cast vision and then launch people into the churches that have been growing and forming and been healthy. So we kind of have this gather together. We're still love you and we're still a part of this. But, you know, this is where church is happening in the homes. And it's kind of been nice because the crisis has gotten the blame and not me trying to, you know, push a rope. And so I really appreciate that, that God has allowed that to happen. And so that's how we're doing church right now. And so we're, we're figuring it out and I don't know what's going to happen this week, how that's going to work. Um, but it's all uh, interactive. It's all live and real. It's, and uh, so uh, part of the things that have been happening too, though, is uh, where we gather on our Sundays is, is there's five other churches meet on the same campus. So they have not had the privilege of being prepared for this with leaders. So they've asked us, can you help us? So now we're coming alongside them and saying, we'll serve you. We'll come alongside it to your, maybe you have an existing life group and you want to help on how to gather and how to do a little bit more than uh, just uh, the traditional read the Bible and pray. And so we've come alongside some of them. Some people have never been in a group, but they don't, they miss their gathering. So they're signing up and they're kind of embedding into some of our groups and just watching and gathering. And so the idea is to help them, that community multiply and learn how to do that. And then um, not just on campus, we've had two or three other churches say, Hey, can you help us out? How, what are you guys doing? And so it's been really fun. And it's, you know, it's, it's not that we have, this great strategy, but God has gone before us and prepared us. And we have, you know, 20 to 25 people that could do this for anybody. And they love it because it's their passion. And so we're just trying to network and release and all over computer right now. Um, the other thing that's done is really added um, some of these other churches that have kind of come together and said, you know, let's talk about what you're doing because it, it bridges. We also have a, a field hub in Africa and we're starting one in, in Mexico city. And that's been for many years and we've actually seen no place left happen in Southern Ethiopia. And so that church planning, that's where we learned about multiplication was doing that on, on our field hub. And we see bridges as a, as a, a home hub. And then Ethiopia is a field hub. Mexico city is a field hub. And so um, as we started talking to some of these other churches, they're saying, you're doing this. And what else are you doing? Well, we have this residency. That's something that we just kind of learned from some others. And, and it's preparing people to be able to be church planners, whether that's down the street with their neighbor or across the seas to the nations. And so as we started a dialogue and they want to kind of, so there's three other churches that said, can we form a cohort together and start to really um, plant 
an entire hub in every zip code in Orange County and Long Beach and North Orange County. So that's our that's a vision that we've really adopted, and we're praying for other um, communities to come alongside and say yes. And it might be one church, it might be a, a group of churches, but to say we're going to adopt a zip code, and we're going to we're going to see this as how, really how do you make disciples? How do you obey the Great Commission? And how does God's bride do that? And we really believe it's having a heart for the neighbors, it's having a heart and heart for the nations. And how do we prepare people? So that's that's been a fun kind of outbreak of this um, it, it's just because somehow the word has gotten out and people are listening and and we're just coming together and strategizing to see what that looks like and then for me because I work in East Africa a lot um, there's there's a lot of field hubs that would really uh, benefit from some uh, team <clears throat> saying we will support you because when we go to Africa we serve their vision we carry their bags we it's their vision that God's put on them but to have that that support and not financial, but just training and equipping and encouragement. And so now I have two or three countries that we're getting ready to connect with some of these possible great commission hubs here in, in North Orange County. So we just see God just is moving at a rapid pace. And we're just saying, OK, how, for me, I feel like I got on a, you know, that, that roller coaster and just strapped on my my seatbelt and said, let's let's go. Let's roll. And so, yes. So, Steve, that's some of the things that God's doing. Wow. So the Holy Spirit has been in partnership with the coronavirus and the U.S. Uh, state and federal authorities to multiply yes. this thing. Yes, I think it's been, you know, and I don't think this is of God, but I think he uses things and he's using this. But I just see his sovereignty because he prepared us for this moment, for such a time as this. And we didn't see that, you know, most of the things that we're doing, we just figured out as we go, as the Holy Spirit unfolds it. But he's got this master plan and he's stepping back and saying, here's an opportunity now for you to accelerate forward. And it's been really fun to just be a part of that. And then just trying to be creative with evangelism. What does that look like? You know, yeah, well, tell us a bit about that. Um, yeah. What, what does evangelism look like in, a, in an age of isolation? Yes. Well, you know, a lot more people are looking for stuff to do. And so some people do a lot of that over Zoom calls and or um, creative ways. I know with I Am Second, there's been a, a desire for uh, people to come alongside as they watch a video and they're asking for disciples, disciple makers. And so we're teaming some people up with that around the country, but it can be anywhere. So you can have a base here, but it doesn't really matter anywhere in the world. They can be calling in over the internet. So some of our um, evangelists and our those kind of passionate people were teaming up that way with people who have questions. Um, and then there's other others of us saying, how do we serve the marginalized? I mean, that's really this virus is hitting the marginalized. And whether that's uh, people that are um, physically can't get out and they're scared. The first week, it was uh, it was really a lot of fun because uh, I got woken up at four in the morning and I just couldn't sleep. And that's rare for me. And I, I was like, God, what what's happening? And and it was one of the first weeks and you hear all this um, fear of, of um, you know, no toilet paper, no, no, you know, things. And so and so I just really felt like as I was praying, the Lord said, hey, go to go to Costco. And there's one that opens early. I'm a business owner. So I got to get in early at seven. So I went there about four thirty in the morning and there's a line of about 100 people, maybe 200 people in line. So for two and a half hours, we sat in line and I had this big cart and. 
And, but you know what? There's people, they're not leaving that line. I mean, they're, they're not leaving their spot. So that's two and a half hours of a captive audience and an opportunity to share your story. Tell them about Jesus. And I had, and I had a time limit on it. So it was really neat because I paced myself. I said, okay, I got from now till seven, I can enter, you know, it's not like on an airplane or even walking up to someone on the street. It's just like, hey, you're going to be here until seven. So for the next two and a half hours, I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to care for you, ask about you. And the Lord just allowed me to, you know, weave the gospel into the people around me. And that was just a lot of fun. So I went up back and I, as I was in line, I texted some people I knew who were shut-ins. I said, hey, is there anything I can get you? Is there anything uh, that you need? And then I started thinking, well, first of all, I thought of my Christian friends from our church. And then I thought, what about my neighbors? So I started texting them. And even though it was early in the morning, and so I was able to purchase for people that can't get out. And I had so much fun. I did it the next day. And I did it a few times until I felt like I didn't have anything else to buy. So I felt weird waiting in line. But, you know, that was just a, I don't know, something that God did and allowed us to, to think that way, you know, think that through. And I started thinking of neighbors that I had visited months ago that single older folks. And so those are the ones I was targeting. And I would go back and, you know, leave a note on their door and say, hey, if you need anything, here's my number. If there's anything I can pick up for you, you know, you remember I came by and I prayed with you or whatever. And so it's just another way to re-engage in the name of Jesus. And we always do that in the name of Jesus. So that's been fun. That's, that's been fun. And it's changing though. So now there seems to be not that fear anymore about waiting in line. So that was an opportunity and it might change. And so those are some ideas that we've been kind of running with. Anything you're learning, even just the practical side of how you do mm-hmm. discipleship and church online. Yeah, I think what I'm learning is um, weekly, I want to get with these leaders and just encourage them and build them up and, and be with them and allow, give them a place to talk and to share and to learn from one another. And that synergy of these 20 some leaders is really healthy. And so I just kind of lay a format out there and I, you know, I, I have a, I, I have a direction I'm going, but I just kind of see where it's going and let people share and Hey, let's just celebrate. So we kind of spend the first time just celebrating, Hey, what did, what, what did God do? And, and what did you enjoy? And, and then we'd kind of troubleshoot and has there, has there been problems? And some of it's technical, but most of it's, well, you know, I didn't feel like they were comfortable doing this or that. And so, um, yeah, just kind of releasing leadership, but also coaching them along the way is something that we found has is, is worked really well. And so there is that tension, you know, and, and um, there's a the tool that often is used in No Place Left called Mall. And it's this idea of, you know, modeling and then assisting and watching and launching. So, They've been trained a bit. They've, some of these guys have never been out on their completely on their own, but they've enjoyed the process. For them, it's very new. They've had it modeled, and now we're assisting on these calls and assisting them and making sure we're touching base. And then I found for some of them, it means more than it's the extra call after that. You know, write notes and say, okay, you know what? What he or she said, um, they need a little bit more conversation. So I'll, I'll call them back and say, hey. Uh, do you need more help with that? Do you need more assistance? But now with the newer people, because the way we do church is everybody has a role. So after the second week, I said, okay, um, actually, actually the first week, I said, see if you can get some people to adopt some roles. Now, after three weeks, the trainers, we're not really doing any of the roles. We're letting the people do the roles. And it's probably the first time most of them have ever done this. Mm-hmm. And I would have to, we call them up and I would coach the leaders on how to do this. Hey, call them up and say, 
will you be willing to do this? And then tell them exactly what you're asking of them. And then, you know, say you'll, you'll be with them to equip them. And people are opening up and leading a facilitating discussion of the word of God for the first time in their life. Mm-hmm. People are leading in prayer for the first time in their life. Some people are leading in, in uh, pastoral care for the first time in their life. And we're just giving them practical tools and simple steps. And now we're teaching our leaders to step back and you start to step back and you've had a model. Now you watch them and you assist and watch them. We're multiplying multipliers in three weeks. And people are doing it. They're saying, yeah, I can do this, you know? And, and so we'll see how it goes. But so far, the ones who stepped up um, have enjoyed it. And so we would, our desire is that every group becomes that. So what are we doing? We're equipping people to equip others because it's caught, not taught. And all of a sudden, they don't know it. But I think in two or three months, they'll be, the, everyone will, will have done every single role. And they'll, they'll have facilitated each role on a Sunday morning on, or any gathering. Some of the groups, you know, it's funny, our, our church gathering is early in the morning because we never owned a building. And 20 years, we've never owned a building. We've always been nomadic. So our, our gathering times are always early. So it's 830 in the morning. Nobody likes that. Well, now that we've released the authority of church, they're meeting at 10, they're meeting at 11. They're like, I said, yeah, you can meet whenever you want. It's your church. It's not, we don't control that. And it's just that little thing. It releases authority. It tells them we're not um manipulating what you do you have the power with the holy spirit to make decisions on how your church and we call it church and we're very clear about that don't call it we call it church and i've learned that from other trainers chuck wood always told me if you don't start with church you might never get to church but if you start with church you have a better chance if you call it church and we go through the church uh circle and acts and we tell people what does a healthy church look like in acts 2 and it's just, you can see their eyes just open up. Wow. In fact, the one gentleman, I, I gave him some tough older, older guys in his group. And, uh, and he's only, he's only 25 himself, but the other uh, people that he was leading were kind of uh, sharp guys, but a little bit more used to the traditional model. And, and uh, so he came back, I said, how did it go? He says, well, they were really resistant. And then he said, well, let's look at what the Bible says churches. And he just opened some scripture. And he says, what does the Bible say church is? And every time they tried to, he goes, no, what does the Bible say? He said, you know, JT, in 20 minutes I had them and they were all in. And they said, you know what? This is what the scripture says. When people of God gather together, that's church. And so then he went into the book of Acts and said, now, what is a healthy church? We could talk about that. Let's look at the elements of what the church did. But we, we can call this, biblically, we can call this church. So again, he was teaching them the hermeneutics of, you know, what, what does it look like above a passage of what church really is? And so, and again, they're now the ones that I thought for the last two years were a little bit more standoffish. Uh, they're excited about what's happening. Yeah. So it's been fun. And uh, JT, uh, have any of these churches started new churches? Uh, not, not yet. It's only been three weeks, but that's part of the vision casting because mm-hmm. we always have a vision time. So what we want to do is two things. We want to say, hey, do you think you could do this on your own eventually if we trained you in, in your own boycott, in your own sphere of influence? So we're starting to train that and vision cast that. And also we're going to say, hey, if this virus ended tomorrow, what would you want to do? Would you want to continue to meet like this or would you want to go back to meeting in what I call church by rows? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a biblical model, but it's 
I think both is, is best. And so I, I think they've had enough taste. Everyone has said, no, we want, we want to keep doing this as well. And so if they want to keep doing it and the virus opens up and we're able to be with one another again, again, that's another shot in the arm. We can go back and say, okay, what does this look like? Why can't you do this in your house? And you don't have to do it on a, on a, online. You can do it in your house. But what if you invited your neighbors or your relatives and you did this? So that's our prayer. That's what we're excited about. So, JT, what are you trusting God for in this crisis? Well, I feel like, again, I'm just riding a, a Bronco and trying to, to follow the spirit and see where he's taking us. What am I trusting for? I mean, I have the, all of us have the typical concerns. My mother is by herself in San Diego and she's, you know, um, at risk in the sense of age and I can't go see her. Or we have businessmen who have laid off hundreds of workers in our community and they're, they're great, you know, trying to figure that out. And then we have many who have lost their jobs in the midst of this crisis. And how does the church be the church? And so in, in our community, I've had people come up and say, you know, we, uh, we still have our jobs. Do you, is there anybody in the community that needs help? And I get to become a connector. But here's the neat thing, Steve, in these smaller church gatherings, it's happening without going through me, the pastor. And they're hearing about needs firsthand. And we, we're, we're totally fine. Hey, you know, we always say in, in our churches that the meet in homes, we say, you, you guys, you can give to the community out there as a, as a witness. So people in your area of influence as a church, or you can give to the needs of your church community, or you can give to the needs of the movement. And we always encourage one of those each time. And so now there's a lot of needs within the community, but I'm talking about the community that's sitting around, well, not in a living room now, but on, on the line on the groups. So um, that's one way we've seen them just kind of um, given towards one another. And so I guess I'm, I'm learning more and more uh, to trust the Holy Spirit to work in the people of God who have the Holy Spirit as they start to see that they have the power to, to be the church. And it doesn't have to be through a hierarchical institution. And I'm not saying that hierarchical institution is wrong, but I'm saying it's, this, is a, this, is a, this will multiply quicker than if it has to go through me as a paid professional, you know, missing a lot of the needs or not hearing all of the, all the questions. And we have people that um, are breaking down the word of God together. And we kept our, our series. We we're going through Nehemiah and we just kept going through chapter by chapter. And I said, you don't need me or anybody to open up the word of God because you have the Holy Spirit and you have the word of God. And, uh, and that, but I do tell them if I will equip you, if you want more information, if we, you know, we could come alongside and help you and to help you feel equipped. And that again, it's a releasing moment. Visit movements.net and search for episode 215 to find plenty of uh, online resources that will equip you to do church in the age of crisis.